Hello, friends, and welcome back to Word on Truesdale. Joining us today is Nate Santiago. Nate is a senior at USC from Torrance, California. He also happens to be my roommate of four years, pledge brother, and all around one of my best friends. I'm excited to have him on this episode as we discuss our experiences studying abroad. Please be sure to subscribe to us so you don't miss any episodes. I hope you enjoy our conversation today, and if you'd like, hit us up on our social media on Instagram, at Word on Truesdale, and feel free to DM us any topics you'd like to hear discussed, or if you'd like to be a guest. What's up, Nate? Thanks for being here today. Yeah, how's it going, Dave? Uh, happy to be here. So for those of you guys who don't know, Nate's uh, one of my best friends here at USC. He's my roommate of four years now, and uh, also my pledge brother. Uh, yeah, so all around great friend. But I'm excited to have him on today because uh, on this specific episode, I want to talk about studying abroad. So I studied abroad in Hong Kong in this past spring, and Nate, where did you study? Uh, yeah, I studied in, uh, in Budapest this past spring. And we both overall had really, really positive experiences, but um, I think it'd be good to dive kind of deeper into how, where we studied abroad specifically, where, where we traveled, the experiences that we had, the people we met, um, just because we studied abroad in two very different locations, me being in Asia, you being in Europe. so. Just to dive right into, so why don't you go ahead and just talk about Budapest as a whole and your experience? And <clears throat> yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, good question. Um, so Budapest actually was my sixth choice. Um, my first choice, I want to say, was Madrid or Barcelona, uh, but I couldn't be more happy that I got placed in Budapest because uh, I was placed there with five really amazing humans. Um, we really meshed well together, and it was an overall great experience. That was my first time in Europe, and actually my only my second time uh, flying alone. <laughs> and my first time was just uh, to visit a friend up in Chico. So this was the first time I actually had to uh, navigate the airports and uh, take a long flight on my own. Uh, it was a really um, beneficial and good experience for like self-growth and self-development. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So you knew kind of pretty early on, right, that you wanted to go to Europe instead of any of the other uh, locations, right? Um, yeah. I, I uh, The reason why I chose Europe is because um, I knew a lot of the um, countries, no matter where I went, would be pretty accessible to me. Um, and I, I'm Japanese, and I've been wanting to go to Tokyo for a while. And since Tokyo wasn't an option or anywhere else in Japan, um, I just decided that Europe would be the best decision for me. And so Budapest, I know you knew a little bit about Budapest prior to going, right? Because we, we had a mutual friend who studied abroad there prior um, and had a really good experience. So what, what were kind of your expectations going in, if you had any at all, um, good or bad? Yeah, so uh, Danny Brennan, who went there the year before, um, actually gave me the rundown on Budapest and described it as a really culturally rich place um, that was also really cheap. And what this allowed you to do was sort of spend your money um, in a way that allowed you to uh, allocate like your funds and resources towards traveling on the weekends because instead of spending money um, a bunch of money on every single meal in the city you're able to sort of save uh, save some costs 
and do a little grocery shopping for uh, pretty cheap and then go and spend your money other places. And um, the university itself, Corvinus, he um, rated really well and the business school I think is the best in Hungary as a whole. So I got a pretty uh, rich learning experience there as well. Yeah, so definitely studying abroad, right? To be completely honest, as everyone knows, you don't study abroad because you're really looking for an amazing academic experience, right? You're studying abroad to get to go party in a different continent or country and then meet some crazy people and just get exposed to a lot of different cultures. And I think that, um, just get it out of the way, so Corvinus University, I, I mean, when I visited, it was really small, right? Really, really small school. Um, how, how would you describe kind of the student body population there? Yeah, so since it's such a serious business school um, relative to Hungary, uh, a lot of the local students there are kind of on a strict, uh, strict course plan. So we actually didn't get to interact with them as much as I thought in the classes we took. Um, but in our classes there, we had a lot of people, for some reason, from France and at the beginning of our classes, our teachers actually asked us why we chose Budapest, and a lot of the French people were like, because we want to learn English, which is interesting considering um, the Hungarians don't always speak English, so we thought that was pretty fascinating. But yeah, uh, like you said, the uh, campus when you visited is pretty small. It's uh, comprised of three, three buildings, basically. Um, all right next to each other, so it's a pretty big difference from uh, here at campus at USC. Definitely. Um, so you get off the airplane for the first time, flying, second time flying, flying alone, right at yeah. whatever the, the airport in Budapest is called. Um, yeah. You hop on a bus, right? You're driving to the city. Um, yeah, I actually got into a taxi, and uh, the taxi driver didn't really speak that great of English, so all all I did was. Um, show him an address and then we were off. So as you're driving into the city, what was kind of your first impression of seeing this Eastern European architecture and all that heading in? Um, yeah, it was pretty interesting. The drive from the airport isn't the most glamorous uh, because the airport is maybe like a 35 minute drive outside of the city um, and it's a pretty drastic uh, difference in the like middle of the city versus uh, around the airport. And uh, my first thought was like, holy shit, um, where am I going? Um, this stuff is looking pretty interesting. Um, some The buildings, like uh, as I thought, were pretty old. Um, There's a lot of vacant buildings as well and like large apartment buildings that looked pretty run down. I mean, my, my first impression when I was doing that ride in um, oh, for context for that, so I, although I studied around Hong Kong, I did spend like two, two and a half weeks in Europe, uh, one at one of the places being Budapest in like March. So my, my impression driving in was that like it literally looked like a Call of Duty map, yeah. <laughs> like, like a, one of like the abandoned like Eastern European like maps that was just like war torn. Not that there was like war, like war torn buildings that looked like they were like bombed or anything, but that was just like my first impression because I came in, it was like really gloomy outside. Um, but I mean, so that was real. That was like my driving. But then, yeah, you're right. The city center is like beautiful. Yeah. And like the architecture is insane, kind of once you get in the middle there. But that drive in is definitely not a glamorous one. Yeah, uh, we spent close to no time outside of the actual city. There isn't much to, to go visit out there other than like residential areas um, and 
like a little bit of farm areas. So we stayed mostly in the city when we were uh, in Budapest. So when you're in Budapest, outside of doing school and outside of studying um, in different or going to different countries to visit, what what did you kind of find yourself doing on a daily basis? Um, of course, we did the uh, the usual sightseeing and hitting the big spots. Uh, Budapest is really known for their bridges and um, the bridges that connect the two sides. So if you guys didn't know, um, Budapest is actually uh, composed of two general sides, uh, Buda and Pest. <laughs> and uh, the uh, Danube River is what splits it. Uh, it's a pretty nice river, and I'm not used to living uh, in a city with a nice river in it, unless you consider the LA River. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> LA River, a, uh, a hot tourist spot. Um, but another thing that uh, Budapest is really known for is their unique ruin bars, which, um, to put it uh, in basic terms are these run-down abandoned buildings, basically ruins, um, and they uh, basically turn them into really cool bars, and they're kind of like a maze, and everyone describes them as like, why the f why, why are there so many rooms? Um, but that's what makes them unique, and some of these rooms are like different types of alcohol or different types of vibes, uh, so we would definitely uh, frequent those on our free time. Um, but one thing uh, we did was um, all of us, I believe, that were in Budapest from USC uh, got gym memberships at this place called NR1 Fitness. <laughs> um, it was an interesting gym. It was no wider than like 25 feet, and it was like really long and narrow, and it was a it was like a sauna in there, basically. Uh, but it, it, it got the job done, so um, we would stay uh, active by going there, especially in the early times since it was uh, so snowy and rainy and cold. Yeah, so being from Torrance, right, you're, you're used to warm Southern California weather, and you go to Budapest in the winter and the spring and some early months of summer, and you're freezing your ass off. There's snow, Yeah. right? What? What's that adjustment like in terms of just clothing or just walking to class every day? Just like, fuck, 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 it's so cold. <laughs> um, yeah, so before I went, um, uh, my mom uh, was pretty adamant about me getting an, a whole new wardrobe change, um, which I appreciate that um, from her. I basically never have owned a like winter jacket or coat. I've only basically had like sh light shells and windbreakers and some hoodies. So uh, I actually bought like a pretty nice North Face like $500 jacket with like some uh, fur on the top. Of course, uh, not real animal fur because we don't uh, we don't support that. Yeah, we don't support that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like walking to class, my ears literally got like numb to the point where they're like aching and that was like not something to look forward to in the morning but um we uh we definitely adjusted and you definitely adjust to the weather after being there for a while that being said so where i where i studied abroad in hong kong <laughs> we're talking 90 degrees like pretty much every day 100 percent humidity so it's a fucking swamp and then um the thing about hong kong that we noticed really early on is Everyone wears pants. So <laughs> you're walking around this, like, hilly city. Uh, just overall, though, context of this, I, I loved Hong Kong so much. Like, that was literally the best place in the world, in my opinion. But um, 
it, it's so damn hot and humid and you're wearing pants and you're walking around hills and we lived up this huge hill that we had to walk <laughs> up every night and like there were just nights where we would just be sitting on the bottom for like five minutes like looking up and being like fuck guys like we're just gonna sleep down here today on the street like but cold versus hot I think I think we've had this discussion before. Is that you'd rather be cold than hot, right? Because when you're cold, at least you can layer up and stuff. But when you're hot, you're literally just sweating, and like there's nothing you can do about it. Right? Yeah. 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 The only thing is that um, the places in Budapest, for some reason, they loved like absolutely cranking the heaters. <laughs> so you would like leave home with like two jackets, a beanie, and then you'd get to class. And if you left on your jackets, I swear to God, you'd like fall over from like a <laughs> like a heat stroke um so by layering you always had to take off your stuff which was kind of a that's a pain yeah it's a pain but um going back to hong kong i know you you brought like a fair share of like shorts yeah. <laughs> i brought a bunch of summer like them clothes that i wear here at usc because it's basically hotter just because like humidity and i was just i had to go buy like I was buying jeans because I had like two pairs of jeans, but I had to buy jeans because people only wear jeans and like pants. So I'm like, why the fuck am I buying long pants in this weather? Like it's so counterintuitive. Hey, but at least you got those uh, those Lululemon Asian fit pants. Yeah, that's, that's pretty nice. Big I'm ups. Very jealous. Um, <laughs> so Lululemon in Asia has Asian fit pants, uh, and basically. Like, whenever I buy Lulu pants, like, the size I am, I have to get them hemmed. But the way Lulu does hemming is, like, they only, like, change the length. They don't change the width. So, like, even if you get it hemmed, the width of, like, the leg isn't necessarily what it needs to be. Yeah. And, so, like, the taper at the bottom isn't... Yeah. It's is just going to be wide, and uh, we're not rocking boot cuts out here. So, so in Asia, <laughs> they have these Asian fit ones where it's, like, it's, like, slimmer legs that go down, like, are shorter. So, it's, the, it's literally the best. Um, but... That was definitely off topic. <laughs> um, this was not a paid sponsorship by uh, Lululemon, but, um, but we are fans of their clothes. So uh, if they want to, if, if, if you Lulu, anyone you hear this, uh, we we are the perfect demographic that you want to be uh, looking to sponsor. So hit us up. Um, anyway, so you traveling abroad, right? Yeah. I mean, well, let's let's keep it on Budapest. So Budapest. Um, your what's Budapest nightlife like? What, what were some of the parts that you loved? I know Sparties, Ruin Bars, right? <clears throat> um, yeah, like uh, the Ruin Bars are are definitely a cool experience to go to, even if you don't uh, drink. Um, sometimes we would just go to like uh, have like a coffee or a tea and just sit at the bottom and talk, because uh, even though it's cold, that does not. Um, make people not want to go out there those people are absolute animals it just brings out the inner predator <laughs> yeah they, they're like oh it's snowing up hey throw on like two coats and like just start pre-gaming to get warm um but yeah the, the nightlife is really good um i i mean that was the first place in europe i've been so i had pretty uh i didn't really have expectations of what the nightlife would be like um you could get beers at some places for like two dollars, so um, and shots for like three dollars, like mixed drinks for like five. So uh, when we first pulled up, we felt like absolute ballers. And uh, <laughs> one of them, 
the good friends I made, uh, Lucas Seljak, he's from uh, he's from Toronto. Somehow we got on this little like craze for Jaeger bombs, and every time we went out. Um, we we thought we were like kings there in the first couple of weeks, so we would <laughs> we would literally turn back to our friends and just be like, who wants to who wants a Jaeger bomb? And like we would end up buying like ten or eleven, and it would be um, so cheap f for what we thought. But we uh, we quickly realized that uh, we we had to conserve our own funds for our own pleasure. It and, definitely uh, adds up. Yeah, it do it does add up. Um, but yeah, like, uh, when Dave came to visit me, um, we, uh, we went to this bar called, uh, Morrison's <laughs> and he, uh, he, uh, the good friend he is, he, uh, he wanted to buy, um, our group of friends a round of shots and I, I don't know how many it was, but I think it was like somewhere between eight to 10. I think it was 11. And, oh, okay. 11. And they, uh, they turned back to him and were like, Hey, do you, uh, do you just want to like buy a bottle and a table? And uh, we thought Dave was going to come back with some shots, uh, but he came back with a worker and a <laughs> bottle of vodka and a bunch of Red Bull. So uh, big ups to Dave for that one, but that was a big move by him. I'm all about the VIP treatment <laughs> in, uh, in Europe. Yeah, that's that's sick, though. I mean, you you were able to meet a lot of a good group of guys, like not necessarily that went to USC, right? So you guys, all your Canadian friends, like Max and um, Bang yeah. Rad and... <laughs> uh, yeah. And then what was um what was the other French guy's name? Uh, Johan. Jo Johan. 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 Steve Jobs. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so how do you meet uh, friends outside of USC, right? Because everyone goes, and you hear a lot um, of people that go abroad, and they end up only spending time with USC kids, right? And it and like while there's nothing wrong with that, as long as you're experiencing the city, a lot of people find that it's really cool to meet local people from. The city that you're in, that's something that, like, I would highly recommend to anyone studying abroad is that, like, yeah, make an definitely. effort. And it's really easy through classes and stuff yeah. to just meet local kids or kids from other countries that are studying abroad because it's, you realize that, like, really, really early on and really quickly that, like, it's actually really, like, sick to, like, know people that aren't from your USC community because, like, there's, it's, like, such a diverse, um, just, like, perspective and, like, yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely going off that, um... Learning the lives and perspectives of people from other countries is something that you cannot like put a value to. Hearing other people's perspective, especially on what they think of uh, America and like their stereotypes on us, um, and like Dave was saying, it's really easy to meet people from other countries. Um, I think a lot of us think that, uh, or he have heard from somewhere that like. People outside of America like hate Americans, and they're like generally scared to mingle with like other people. Um, but a lot of the students they are studying abroad to get that um, rich experience and meet other people, and uh, they actually love talking to Americans. Uh, they think we're pretty um, inherently funny, even when you're not <laughs> trying to be. Uh, when you talk about just like what you do, they just think everything's funny. Um, so, yeah, go out there if you go abroad, which I highly recommend. Go out there and meet some people and just try and really connect with them um, and see through those like social and cultural differences and uh, really connect with them. Definitely. And you're there for such a short amount of time that like it's just you meet people and it's like you kind of know it's like kind of short term, right? And it's yeah. like you're realistically you're not going to see a lot of these people again. But that makes it really cool, the fact that you get to, like, meet all these people and hear what they have to say. 
and uh, especially if you're in like class with them or like if you traveled with them like you traveled with that group right like where, 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 where were some places you guys all went to um so yeah some of the places i went to uh were milan uh berlin Amsterdam. Uh, actually, for a spring break, we took a road trip to Croatia. <laughs> Where you you were driving, right? Uh, yeah, I I did not want to drive. Um, I did not volunteer. There was a uh, two guys who volunteered. So I was like, oh, sh- like fuck yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna just chill in the back, like probably sleep. The drive is like over like six hours, um, and. Uh, don't forget that I haven't driven for like the entire entirety of being abroad, so I have not like also driving in a foreign country. Yeah, I, I have not used a car or taken notice to like what the street signs are. But we got to the airport, and uh, a couple of the girls, I think it was Jesse and Eunice, booked our rental cars, and we got there. And of course, we wanted to book them automatics, um, so we booked them, and then we got to the airport at like 7 a.m. And we go to the rental car, and they're like, oh, uh, we only have manual. <laughs> and uh, none of us know how to drive manual. So <laughs> we were like, okay, well, I guess we need to wait. So we had to wait till the other ones opened up. And we finally got two automatic cars. And when our uh, friends were giving their licenses, uh, Conrad actually pulls out his license, gives it to him, and then it comes back. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is actually expired. And which he clearly didn't know because he hasn't been using his license for the whole like abroad. So they're like, all right, who wants to drive then? And like the girls were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, it's gonna have to be me. <laughs> um, some uh, one of our other friends like didn't have his license, so um, I had to sadly volunteer. And I was absolutely forging on in those cars in the pouring rain. Definitely like one of the scariest experiences I've had driving. Um, we were like driving along the coast of Croatia, which is like all along the water, and <clears throat> there's no street lights or anything. And this was like the hardest it's ever rained either that I've been in. And I was driving like 30 miles an hour on the freeways, <laughs> and everyone in the back was like sleeping, and I was like up, and I was just like so nervous. I was like, oh my god, I hope I don't like drive off this cliff. Um, so yeah, but. Yeah, that's a uh, long story. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so uh, is there anything specific you want to know? Yeah, wait, what were some of the favorite places you traveled to? Uh, Croatia was uh, beautiful. That was, uh, we went to this uh, this national park there. It's called like the Plitvice Lakes. I don't exactly know how to pronounce that. Sorry, I probably butchered that. But um, that was like out of a movie. Um, there's like ginormous waterfalls and like these really cool rivers. That's dope. And um, definitely the coolest like nature thing I've ever actually seen in my whole life. I, I haven't been to like any of the national parks here. Um, but uh, Amsterdam, highly recommend that city is like nothing but good vibes. The pe- the Dutch people are like amazing and everyone I love Dutch is, people. Everyone is so nice there. And the canals are just crazy to see in, like, the rings of the city. Um, also, the Dutch people are just, like, so tall. Yeah, like, dude. <laughs> like, my boss was yeah. Dutch from the summer, and that dude was, <laughs> that dude was tall. <laughs> yeah, like, the, I think the average height of girls is, like, 5'9", and then the guys is, like, over 6 foot. 
And when we were out in the bars, like, you're just mobbing through these. Just a man amongst trees. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, pretty devastating, but um, their size is uh, not an indication of how nice they are. They're just so uh, so sweet, and they're always willing to help you on the streets and direct you in the right way. So That's nice. Yeah. But uh, what about you? Like, uh, I know I, I didn't go to Asia. I haven't been to Asia, but hopefully I do soon. So uh, what were your some some of your favorite places? Yeah, well, I feel like, so traveling through Asia, there's, like, or the way I've described is, like, there's the jungle Asian countries, right? <laughs> and then there's, like, city Asian countries. So I really, really enjoyed, I had one experience where I went to this place called the Palawan Islands in El Nido, Philippines. Um, and it was, uh, like, I've been beach vacation, I've been fortunate enough to beach vacation in, like, so many different various, like, beautiful places around the world. Humble but this brag. place, oh my god, this place was just insane. It's just this, like, kind of third-worldy, but, like, not too underdeveloped. Like, everything's super cheap, everyone's so nice, and just the beaches are beautiful. And it's just, like, these, like, collection of islands that you can, like, take a boat and just go island hopping. And you see, like, amazing fish and, like, wildlife and just, like... Just, like, all this amazing stuff, like, just nature-wise, and it's just beautiful. Um, but then, like, city-wise, like, I spent three weeks in Japan, which was amazing, just going from, like, Tokyo to Hakone to Kyoto, Osaka, like, the pretty basic spots, and just, like, traveling throughout that was just amazing. Like, you kind of realize, like, how superior of a country, like, Japan is, just from, like, visiting. Like, so clean, everyone's so nice. The food's absolutely amazing. Like, getting around so easy. It's, like, a massive city. Um, it's just so beautiful. Um, like, the weather was, like, perfect. But then I also got to go to, like, Seoul, Korea, which I'd been once before when I was, like, in sixth grade with my family. And I actually, like, hated it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just like didn't really like it. then when I like went with a group of friends I went with um, and we just like got to travel around and like go out and like see all this stuff uh, I was just so sick like that's that city's pretty dope too and that nightlife like Tokyo is really cool and stuff and like nightlife was like okay that was like probably my only complaint but like soul nightlife oh my god those dudes go off it's crazy it was so fun there's this club called like octagon that we went to it's like the fourth best nightclub in the world it was just absolutely insane and just like ridiculous being there like so extra um that like this is like a nightclub when, like um yeah but traveling around Asia, I feel like, versus, like, when I briefly traveled, traveled um, in Europe, it's definitely different. I mean, it's different also just because, like, distance, right? Like, you're hopping on flights that are, like, max two hours, right? Yeah, like, generally, like, hour and a half, if not, like, less, like, Yeah, like, quick. ours was, like, minimum four hours, yeah. right? Because, like, everything is, like, not, like, far, <laughs> but it's, like, it's not easy to get to. So, like, traveling also gets a little more expensive. It also sucked, yeah, because Asia... Asia's not cheap yeah. <laughs> at all. Like, Hong Kong, when I was there, then I was, like, telling my parents about this, and, like, as I was, like, yo, like, need more money. <laughs> it's, like, Hong Kong literally got rated, like, the most expensive place in the world to live, and it totally is. Like, there's, like, definitely, like, street spots where you can get, like, really cheap, like, dim sum and stuff, but, like... What about, like, tell them how much the, uh, like, the Pizza Hut was? Oh, Pizza Hut in Asia is, like, a luxury restaurant. 
So it's like a full sit-down service. Like the waiters are like dressed really nice and stuff. It's like a really nice layout. And then it's like the pizza is like, like, like a lot nicer. It seems like honestly higher quality. And there's like menu items like lobster bisque, which I had and it's like, dang. <laughs> like getting lobster bisque at a pizza hut sounds just like food poisoning, but like it's really good. And um, yeah, just like it's like $20, $25 for a meal there at like a pizza hut. Like, per person, it's like, Jesus Christ, like, it's, it, yeah, it definitely got expensive. But traveling around, you quickly realize, like, it's almost, like, humbling to see, like, how little of this world that yeah. you, like, think you've seen, like, yeah. how many other people there are, like, doing other things, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I, I think, like, going off of that, um, I definitely place so much more value on traveling now after studying abroad and going to all these different places. Um, growing up, my family always went to Hawaii for our vacations, which I'm like totally grateful for, but we'd go like every summer and my mom is from Maui and my dad's from Oahu, so we'd go to those two islands um, quite a lot. So I, I always loved traveling, but being able to go to different places and see like new cities and new countries is, like you said, a humbling experience. And um, now I definitely understand why people are like, oh my God, I love traveling and I want to save money to go here, here, and here, which I didn't really, of course I understood, but now I am one of those people. <laughs> so I think that's interesting. You kind of put less of a stigma on those people that are like, world traveler, like yeah. I'm just trying to travel. It's yeah. like, dude, traveling's so sick. Yeah, it's, it's so it's, fun. Yeah, so it's definitely... Uh, you can't like put a price on it. Like I, I definitely want to go to Asia. I think it's, I think it's funny that you've been to the Philippines and to Japan before me, even though that's like the ethnicities that I am. So, should have chose Asia, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully I get to go soon. Um, but uh, no, you would love it there. Um, so Croatia, I, I know you loved. You said you really loved Paris, right? That was one of your top yeah, places uh, you went, and that's more of definitely a cityscape versus that nature vibe. Yeah. So, what out of all the cities that you went to, why why was Paris one of your favorites? <clears throat> uh, Paris was one of my favorites just because I actually got to um, meet my grandparents there. Um, my grandparents uh, love traveling, and they've been to so many places, so many more places than me. Um, they've like motorhomed across the entire United States, so they're big travelers. I think my grandpa has been to Japan like 180 times, like mm -hmm. individual times for work. Um, but they're getting a little bit older now, and just having the ability and like having the opportunity to visit such a famous city with those travel experts and to get to spend that quality time with them, I'm not exactly sure if I'm gonna get another chance to do that. Um, and like going to the Eiffel Tower with them, um, I'm just like really thankful to have that experience. And even my older brother Daniel was pretty jealous because he's like, fuck, I'm probably not going to get to do that. So <laughs> I felt pretty lucky, even though um, I have a few videos of my grandparents falling asleep. On the uh, Danube. <laughs> yeah, on, on the tour boat where I tour them around like Budapest, my city, they're sleeping on each other's shoulders. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm super thankful for that. Overall, as you kind of reflect on your abroad experience, right, and as hopefully some people that are listening are considering going abroad, which 100% you should, what was kind of the, one of the biggest takeaways that you had in terms of 
what you learn is not about like cities or anything, but like about yourself. Yeah. And your own personal development that study abroad had a direct contribution to. Yeah, that that's a that's a really good question, and uh, I actually thought about that um, for a while after I got back. Um, you sort of have that like uh, I don't know what is that term like that the rosé like the nostalgic feeling and you like view everything in such a positive light um and i actually realized the reason why i couldn't like vocalize like how thankful i was is because like i actually like felt guilty i felt like guilty about how like amazing of an experience it was (laughs) like i felt like the people that didn't have the opportunity i felt like they were missing out like a huge portion of um something that they could have taken advantage of which honestly they were like yeah any kid that stays back right is yeah. their their first thing in the spring is like oh my god i was so bored all my friends left and yeah. even if it's like maybe not like your direct close circle friends left like everyone's gone like yeah. it's a lot of people that leave and yeah. um it's just if you're not one of them like you kind of do get stuck in the usc bubble yeah. and you're seeing it's it'd be hard i mean i, I obviously don't know because this didn't happen to me but like i feel like it'd be hard to be here and you're seeing on social media and stuff everyone like traveling the world and like meeting up and going all these places and doing all this cool stuff and you're just sitting here in south central <laughs> yeah um but yeah go, going back uh i uh that was definitely like the first time in my life that I felt um, like extremely independent. I grew up in Torrance and I go to school like at USC, which is no more than like a 30 minute drive with packed traffic back home. So I haven't ever really been away from my family and my friends. Um, but it was a definitely a period where I felt a lot of like self-growth and self-development just because you really realize um, what you like and what you don't like to do and you're no longer in that bubble where you have that many uh, responsibilities to do things that other people need you to do and that was like one of the times where I really got to make my own decisions and like live my own life Um, and what's funny is like everyone that goes abroad they always say like dude that was like the fucking sickest semester like ever like so sick and I was just like before I was like how is it everyone's like favorite semester like there's no way that everyone has like a fucking sick experience but um, after you study abroad and you make the most of your time you realize that there's no other words to describe it but that was the sickest uh, semester ever definitely so. definitely I mean yeah that's uh, stereotypical and basic as that sounds is yeah. definitely true but I don't know something like I've I have talked to a couple people um, who have said that you know studying abroad was great but it was also really hard for them um, but the common the commonality and the trend that I found throughout that was that the people that found it difficult studying abroad or didn't have the best of time was that they weren't being proactive and expanding the people they were meeting or the, the activities that they were doing it's them being stuck with all these USC kids that were forced friendships just because like they're in the same city but they weren't making an effort to go out meet new people go try new things because they're like oh like I don't want to go do this alone or like I don't want to like my friends aren't doing this so I'm not going to do it or like I don't think I'm going to like that like that sounds so boring like what like it's like yeah it's a matter of honestly <clears throat> just like 
First of all, you definitely get comfortable like doing things alone, right? Because you're not, yeah, like yeah. you go out and like absolutely. I love doing things yeah, alone. It's definitely. so nice. Like going out to eat alone and like stuff like that. Like because like it, it, you have like times where that happens. Like all oh, your homies are in class or something. It's like I gotta go eat. And then like the people that didn't like or just like having a negative mindset towards like things that like you want to do but you just don't want to do because someone else like turned you off from it yeah and just like going out and like you have so much free time abroad like literally so much free time yeah to go do whatever you want so if like you have the slightest urge to go do something like don't let the fact that you don't have something to do it with or the fact that like it's like a slight pain in the ass or it's kind of basic to do like to hold you back because you should just like do everything you can also you I totally agree with that. Also, you don't have to think because I don't do that normally. I shouldn't do it here. Like, oh, like I don't like to eat alone. Like, you should just go out of your comfort zone and then go eat alone. Or like, oh, just because I uh, usually don't hit up friends first. Like, making the effort is in your hands, and you are the only one that can control your experience abroad and even here. You know. Um, there isn't that like safety blanket to fall back on, like safety net to fall back on, because you're not with your family and with your old friends. So you really have no other choice but to put yourself out there and um, take it into your own hands to make new friends and go try new things and um, explore the city. Yeah, and that forced development is so so healthy for you. Like yeah. it's so especially as you normally when you go abroad, you're junior, right? Yeah. Um, and you're like, you come back and now it's senior year for all of us. Yeah. And like, honestly, like being back, it, it definitely is a different vibe. Yeah. Because you go, everyone's studying abroad, then you have all of summer and everyone has like summer internships and it's like, various, and then everyone's back. And it's like the first time being back on campus in all of 2019 after like eight months. Yeah. And like everyone's seeing each other again. And it's like, it's really nice. Yeah. Like it's really good vibes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's and, definitely awesome. And, and also like um, going abroad is such a good experience in the fact that it's such a nice like conversation starter and like topic of conversation whether it's uh interviews or like new people you meet like when you say you've went abroad like a lot of people want to know about your experience and definitely they immediately like light up like oh like i know i know you've um definitely hit it off with some people you've met and you're like oh yeah i stayed abroad in hong kong and then and then like interviews just turn into like a casual conversation after that right yeah what i used to do was uh, when i was I, I had yet to secure my summer internship um when i was abroad so i was when i was abroad i was still applying to things and trying to figure things out and i would have these like interviews like these video interviews right and they would be like calling me and i'd like it'd be like all right like this interview is going to be like 6 p.m like Pacific time. I don't know. If the, I don't even know what the time changes anymore. But that would be like hypothetically like 4 a.m. for me. Yeah. And I would honestly kind of be like, I wouldn't say anything when be like when they would be scheduling the interview. And I would pick up <laughs> and my like, tell me about yourself. I'd yeah. be like, yeah. So like I'm I'm a junior at USC. Blah blah blah. Marshall. And I'd be like, yeah. And I'm currently studying abroad in Hong Kong. And they would always pause me and be like, wait, are you in Hong Kong right now? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what time is it there? I'm like. Oh, it's 4 a.m. <laughs> and they're like, oh my gosh, like what? I'm like, yeah, but it's like, it's totally fine. Like I was, I was so excited to get the chance to like talk to you about this opportunity that like yeah. I really don't mind. And I was always like, I honestly think that won me so many points in the interviews that I did. Yeah. Because it was so good to say. Yeah, you look like a grinder. Too. Yeah, you look like an absolute <laughs> monster. <laughs> <laughs> this guy really wants the job. Exactly. So, so that was always good. Um, yeah, but overall study abroad, definitely, definitely awesome. Um. What would you, if you had to give one piece of advice to someone 
who is kind of on the fence about whether or not they want to study abroad. Um, one, just being like what, what, how study abroad can to like benefit you personally and how study abroad can just ha- help you have like an awesome experience. Like what would, what would two pieces of a, two pieces of advice <laughs> do? I can't, even, I can't even speak anymore. <laughs> oh, we're going from one to two? Yeah. Hey, um, I guess the first one and would be if you have any urge to study abroad or it's ever been like a dream of yours, this is like a perfect opportunity for you to do it Um, because you're going to be placed in a place, (laughs) you're going to get placed in a city um, with some people hopefully from USC and USC I think only like Marshall only partners with business schools that they also exchange students to. Um, So they have created really good partnerships with those universities and they hand select them to give you like a good learning experience and put you into a safe environment. And um, yeah, I, I think that if you have any urge to, you should definitely take advantage of the opportunity because I mean, I can't guarantee it, but I think you set yourself up to have a really good semester and a really good um, experience to uh, get under your belt as you move forward. And it's definitely an enriching and maturing experience because then you get to say that um, you've lived abroad and you've um, been able to take care of yourself and your responsibilities. and. Honestly, it's just super fun. Um, you're not that involved in school. Of course, you uh, study it. You study, and you the learning experience is what you make of it. But being there with other college students and like-minded people is uh, a priceless experience. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and it's even, I would say, when you reflect on the times in your life up to our old age right now that we're 21 and 22 years old, when you reflect on the times in your life where you've grown the most, you think about like freshman year of high school or like high school early on when you're kind of like going through like puberty and stuff and it's like a weird time in your life. And then you think about coming to college for the first time, being thrown in this environment and being alone. And then I honestly think like the next part of that, like the next, the third step of that is studying abroad where it's times in your life where you can very very much identify that that specific instance and experience like had a really positive um like effect on your personal development yeah and just your overall like life experience yeah right yeah you, you definitely uh reevaluate how you um how much value you place on certain things and what you care about you definitely um change like how much you care about like uh, consumer goods like clothes and stuff like that like after studying abroad like um, I've always been into clothes and stuff but after I've kind of like toned it back and I'm like oh I want to save money to like travel again because mm-hmm. that was way worth it uh, I mean but yeah go ahead. I, I mean I definitely yeah. agree yeah yeah awesome any other last bits of knowledge you want to pass on to our audience about studying abroad um no just uh Take advantage of the opportunity and don't be afraid to reach out to people that have done it. Um, and yeah, like Dave was saying, push yourself outside of your comfort zone. 
because um, that's where we definitely see the most uh, growth. Well, before we go, the last thing that we like to end this podcast on, the, of the many, many episodes that we've had, is advice for freshmen, right? And yeah. um, we spent freshman year together, and that was an interesting time in our lives full of a lot of weird, weird shit. <laughs> um, so what advice, as you quickly reflect right now in your freshman year, would you give freshmen that have just gone to campus or freshmen that are incoming about coming to USC and joining this USC family? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, reflecting back, I, I think that... Um, you can take your time to, to think. Yeah, college is a really unique um, experience, and the dynamic at different universities is definitely different. Um, so once you ultimately decide that USC is the type of, like, vibe you're going for and the type of campus and type of uh, sort of, like, social dynamic and academic like uh, academic structure I think that you'll soon realize that sometimes it gets pretty competitive here um, but taking a, like more personal view um, and like relationship wise uh, with friends and stuff to USC I think I would give them the advice that everyone is in the same boat and some people are quick to create friendships and create their like circle and I think that sometimes some people if they do that they could get like stuck in a friend like a friend group and they think that since they're already in it they can't go elsewhere and um, I don't think that's necessarily true I think that you should try and put yourself in as many situations as possible to meet a wide variety of people because um, Growing up in your hometown, um, you definitely get stuck in like the ebbs and flows of that certain location. And once you come here, it can be like a bit frightening, and it's easy to like fall into the people you normally hang out with or that same type. But really putting yourself in positions to try new things, and also putting yourself in a position to continue to um, be invested in the types of activities that you like or like joining club sports and um, joining those specific clubs you shouldn't be afraid and even though you're a freshman everyone hopefully is really nice to you and accepting and welcoming of you so just go out there and if you want to do something do it in, yeah, a, in a reasonable <laughs> yeah within reason <laughs> yeah yeah um, but yeah and I think my second piece of advice, that's, that first one was pretty long, I, I don't even know how to, how to sum that up in a few words, but my second piece of advice would be to, to make an effort with the people that you end up caring about. Um, everyone gets super busy during college and everyone has their own responsibilities um, and you really have to set aside the time and effort to connect with those that you like. Um, no one is going to go out or it's it's harder to go for people to go out of their way to hang out with you and if you're the friend that's always reaching out to people saying like hey want to grab lunch hey want to grab coffee um, that's definitely a really good thing because 
just because they don't reach out to you doesn't mean that they don't want to see you, you know? Yeah, you quickly learn that some people just genuinely aren't good at just like yeah being like, yeah yeah they just like <laughs> f they like fall off the grid but they don't do it intentionally and if you're that friend to sort of just like um give them a little nudge like hey i'm still here like let's grab coffee um you'll definitely create like really rich and meaningful experiences and relationships definitely definitely and going off of that too i would say as as important as it is to invest in like your friends and stuff like it's also really important to invest in yourself in college yep. like college is i think as we've all had the unfortunate circumstance of seeing around USC lately it's it's a lot of ups but it's also a lot of downs and it's a really hard time for a lot of people right and people struggle with whether it's being alone for your first time or being especially at a school at USC where there's a lot of different lifestyles that are lived here and like some social being pressures. really yeah and yeah. social pressures with Greek life and stuff and some people there's there's a lot of differences in socioeconomic status there's a lot of differences and just a whole lot of factors but the main thing is it's important to invest in yourself and your personal well-being and it's okay to say no to things and it's okay to take yeah. time to do the things that you want to do um that others might not want to because at the end of the day like college is for you to have as good of experience as you can have and you shouldn't spend it trying to like please others or build an image around yourself that isn't truly authentic to you because you'll quickly realize um and not like quickly realize as in like sophomore junior senior year that like that fake image that you built of yourself like doesn't fool anyone first of all and then you're just stuck being miserable because like you've built yourself up to be this person that you're not and um so just be authentic to yourself and like there's uh, people find a lot of value in unique people more than yeah. just another chip off the block you know yeah and uh, yeah, yeah, going off that, like being genuine and honest about yourself and to yourself and to others, um, people really appreciate that. And um, there's no shame in like wanting to go to the gym or study instead of going out. No one's gonna like hold that against you. And I think building up that ability to say no and take the time to um, participate in like self-care activities um, you shouldn't be ashamed of that um, like me and Dave we're pretty into uh, into headspace I fucking love headspace uh, this is not a sponsored ad either but um, I love headspace uh, I, I actually meditated for like 30 days in a row at one point and like I was feeling like I can like move stuff with my mind <laughs> that's <laughs> like, not the point though yeah but but um, finding those things that you can uh, go back to and um, really sort of evaluate yourself internally and check on yourself mentally are really good things to do. And you should be proactive about those things because once shit hits the fan, like you don't start meditating when you're like, when shit's going crazy, you know, you, yeah. you have to take the proactive effort and like Dave was saying, really uh, take care of yourself and invest in yourself. Yeah, and if you think there's not going to be a point in your life in college where shit hits the fan, then, like, you're, you're in for a really rude awakening. <laughs> you're in for a bad time, bro. Because <laughs> shit will hit the fan, so you should probably prepare yourself as much yeah. as you can for that. But, um, yeah, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Nathan Santiago, thank you so much for being here, bro. And uh, if you guys want to find me anywhere, um, I'm at Nate Santiago. Nate underscore Santiago at Instagram. Um, Nathan Santiago, I think, on LinkedIn. Um, and 
don't uh, don't be afraid to reach out to me or Dave. Uh, we'll be willing to help whoever, whenever. And um, yeah, thanks for having me, man. Of course, brother. Uh, thank you, guys. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Word on Truth Zone. Big thank you to Nate Santiago for coming on. Please be sure to tune in next time and subscribe to our podcast. Remember to hit us up on our social media on Instagram at Word on Truesdale and feel free to DM us any topics you'd like to hear discussed or if you'd like to be a guest. See you guys next time.